<laughs> this is Abby and Danielle, and you're listening to Hashtag Real Life. Welcome, welcome. We're back. We're back with another episode, another another good day. <laughs> another good day. Yes, it is my Friday today, so it is a good day. <laughs> yes, can't go wrong with like a, can't go wrong with a longer weekend. Like you know, get to have some time and just relax. It's always good. Yeah, and. Someone who doesn't seem to relax very often is our special guest today. Uh, yes, I mean, that was uh, a perfect so, so much going on. Perfect transition. Thank you. Uh, so much going on uh, has done, I think, everything under the sun. And you are a woman of many, many threads. So many things that we could we could share about you. We, who is our guest? Who is our guest? <laughs> yes, our guest is Keisha Ward. We are super pumped to have her on the pod because we've actually known Keisha for a while. We were with her in the WH life, you know, just like so many of our other wonderful friends. But we have once again been watching her journey through life. Like she is, a, you know, a Black woman owned business owner. She's a photographer. She is. She's a photographer. <laughs> she's a COO. She is like, she has her own, so many own companies. She's, you know, she owns Vegan Knees. Like, just, I mean, she has this beautiful relationship. Like she is really just, you know, moving through the world and taking names and just like making her own, making her own path. And I think that's why we're so excited to have her on the podcast because she had just exudes this, um, passion, you know, exudes passion, exudes like making her own waves, like doing all these things. And just like we were talking about earlier, like she doesn't care, you know, she just goes for it. She (laughs) goes for what she wants and she puts herself where she needs to be. And she just lets her heart lead. And that's why we're so excited to have her. And I mean, it's, we're just bummed. (laughs) Y'all are the bomb. (laughs) Dang. Oh, that intro. Like y'all better come through. I do. I do want to say, well, first of all, I appreciate y'all. Y'all are out here killing it. Oh, the podcast life. And I also have to say that, you know, I really do take a daily nap. So I do get my, I, I relax. I make sure I, got my, I have my me time. And sometimes my me time is my, my nap, whether I take that nap at 6 p.m. or 8 p.m. But the nap is happening. And maybe yes. I will take it, wake up and get ready for bed. But it is happening. Yes. <laughs> that is good to know that even someone as like successful and busy as you, you're like, I got to prioritize me. <laughs> Y'all not going to like me if I don't get those naps in. I'm telling you. <laughs> oh my gosh well yeah Keisha we are so excited to have you as well and Danielle and I were talking before uh we had pressed record before uh the zoom even started like this conversation could go a million and a half ways (laughs) right just because we are so involved and are so inspiring right like as Danielle was doing the intro I was like Keisha is the one who has broken the glass ceiling Mm -hmm. for everyone. I'm pretty sure. Uh, And I mean, we usually start out at the beginning, but I I don't know, like 
I mean, you're from Chicago, correct? Mm -hmm. I am. So let me, let me, let me be clear on this because I know how Chicago folks are. (laughs) Not that there's much of a difference. (laughs) I'm from the, the South suburbs of Chicago, Harvey to be exact, which really, like I said, there is, there is no difference. (laughs) 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 I'm glad that you clarified that because I mean, Chicago people do get a little hasty on (laughs) location. So we get it. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So born and raised Chicago, right? Yep. Born and raised there. I, I will say, so, you know, I told you all before we hit play that I've been here now 15 years Mm -hmm. and that's a long time, y'all. Uh, <laughs> yes. That's, it, it feels like time is passing, right? Like we have to remember to, to live life mm-hmm. the best way we can because time goes just uh, just like that. But uh, yeah, born and raised, uh, Chicago suburbs, came to Iowa uh, to attend Iowa State, which is ridiculous to me because I didn't even know Iowa State existed until... <laughs> probably about six months before I actually came here. And uh, <laughs> yeah, how, how did that, how did that transition happen? <laughs> it happened because, um, okay. So y'all know how it is sometimes with, when you're athletes and you know, you really go to college for sports, like, come on, totally. everything goes fall secondary. We all know that we're student athletes, but when we're looking at, when we're looking at uh, institutions, our, our, our primary goal is to see where, where we are uh, with athletics, right? Yes. And so for mm-hmm. me, um, I had lost athletic scholarships because I tore my ACL my senior year. And so I just decided that I was just going to go to school. That's how I say it, right? <laughs> I'm just going to go to school yes. and be this, reg- right, this, this regular person. I didn't see myself as a regular person, as an athlete, right? Um, and so that's... I, it, I feel like everything happens for a reason, you know, just going through my oldest brother's mail. He wasn't even at home anymore. And I, I knew what program I wanted to go into a uh, hotel restaurant management. And he had a pamphlet from uh, Iowa state. And I went, Oh, what is this? <laughs> Interesting. Okay. They have one of the top programs. Okay. Let me take a look at that. That is my brother's mail. He left his mail behind. That is <laughs> only reason why I came across ISU and I said everything oh. happens for a reason and I showed up and started partying on day one <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well and that's yeah your your trajectory is it's it's different right like I didn't even realize you started with hotel restaurant institution management because I knew you initially as like child adult family services yep and, and I know there were some breaks in between and then deciding what you eventually wanted to do, but mm-hmm. yeah. So started partying on day one, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I partied on day one. That's when I started to meet some of my best friends, uh, was that first week of college. And, uh, yes, I was in HRIM at ISU and I remember going, uh, they started to put us in some of those courses already first semester. And I went, I don't want to deal with these people. <laughs> I knew I, I knew I wanted to do this since I was in middle school. Yeah. Right. Um, I wrote a business plan about it in middle, middle school. It was going to be called Kiki's Little Italy. <laughs> like it was this whole plan that I had and I showed up and I went, I, this ain't for me. I'm, I'm, I'm not with this industry. I have to figure something out and I got to figure it out fast. And 
um, really for me, I started to sit and reflect on what was something I was passionate about. And um, I raised my younger brother um, all through high school. Uh, he was born my freshman year of high school and I raised him until he was about four, uh, till I left. And I remember just wanting to be in this field where uh, I understood young children more, um, just their needs in general, what a family dynamic, right? Parent-child relationships look like. Uh, that was super important to me and it was something I really had a passion for. And that is when that shift happened. Um, whoo, thank goodness I was not switching again because I know how it can be when you're in college and you're trying to figure <laughs> your life out. Um, and so that, yes, that was that shift. And for me, honestly, you know, a lot of the things that people don't talk about, and I didn't talk about this then, but I'm extremely open about it today of um, my failures, my first two years of college, you know, I, my first semester, I think I had a 0.86. Like, how does that, when people ask like, how the heck is that even possible? I'm like, look, clearly it's possible <laughs> yes. because that is exactly what I did. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was a combination of things. Um, it was dealing with, the death of my grandfather who raised us, right? Um, just a couple of months before I left for college, it was, it was homesick in a way where I felt that I was obligated to make sure I took care of my brother, right? And I had to leave him behind. Um, it was just, oh man, I mean, study strategies. I feel like high school did not prepare me yeah right mm -hmm. High, like what is this how many credits <laughs> I'm not understanding what's going on oh I shouldn't take an 8 a.m class okay okay <laughs> I thought I, it was nice getting this out the way but clearly I can't get up out of the bed for 8 a.m right and for me all the partying that I did people assumed that I was just a party girl I mean I love to have fun but that was a coping mechanism for me I was drinking all the time partying and for me it was it was being able to let that stuff go, right? Not have to deal with it. Um, even though I knew that uh, I didn't have any money, you know, for me, uh, see, seeing the support from families when uh, students go off to college, I, I love I love walking through stores and seeing families together shopping, right? For that yeah. first day and, and all of those things. And my experience was different in a way that I was just dropped off at college and go figure it out, right? So I was dropped off, no health insurance, no money to get by, no, none of that. And so it was learning how to live on my own, be independent for the first time in my life, um, not recognizing that all of that was gonna be on me so soon. Um, it was a lot, I didn't have much money to eat. Y'all know what dining costs when you get, <laughs> when you get a meal plan? Like the meal plan costs, more than housing, you know, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> you know. So for me, it was even recognizing after that first semester, like I can't afford a meal plan. So I was eating ramen every night, right? I know ramen is like the college student thing, but for me, that was a legit thing because I just didn't have any money, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so it was all those stressors and all of those things led to me dropping out or how I like to say I went on a hiatus uh, versus versus allowing Iowa State to kick me out because baby, they was about to get me. <laughs> <laughs> I did it real quick. Right, right. before they could get me. 
pull the ripcord. (laughs) See myself out. (laughs) Right. That was exactly what it was because I knew what the potential process would be if I tried to come back after they had kicked me out versus me leaving. Right. Right. So it was, it was at least being smart in that way. Um, And so, yeah, so I would say I I was definitely more on that non-traditional side, you know, Mm -hmm. not going through those four years uh, consecutively, but I really did feel like I was being passed up by all my friends, right? We, I feel like we all have some moments where you're trying to figure out where do I fit in in society? What am I doing? Where am I going? And then you see your friends and it's like, man, like, how am I, are we the same age? Like, how yeah. am I, mm-hmm. isn't that a thing, right? Like, we're the same age. How am I not where you are? And that's exactly what I was watching. Just friends, you know, coming and going. They all graduated, went off, do, you know, doing their things in their careers. And I was over here, this college dropout, making, bringing in a net pay of $1,100 a month, right? Loved what I did. Childcare providers deserve so much more. Uh, <laughs> yes <laughs> because that's what I was full-time uh, when I when I went on my hiatus um and so yeah so that was that was kind of my <laughs> that was my point of of knowing that I wasn't going back home so Danielle I was not I, I said I'm not going back home there's nothing there for me especially mm-hmm. the area that I'm from mm-hmm. um it was it, it wasn't safe it still isn't safe um, and I felt like if I went back there, nothing would ha- nothing good would happen for me, right? Mm-hmm. And so I said, I'm gonna stay, I'm gonna try to figure it out. And one thing I'll say, the difference between leaving undergrad and completing your undergrad degree and going back for you know um, an advanced degree is it's harder to go back when you leave in the, you know when, when you don't finish your undergrad. It's so much harder to go back even if you aren't making much, you're still making something. Mm-hmm. And to go from making something to potentially making nothing so that you can get back in and finish, right? And things like that, it's scary. Yeah. So darn scary. Um, but uh, I also had the support of my husband, Chris. Mm-hmm. And even though we were just dating at the time, whoo, child Lord. <laughs> They, even though we were dated, he was, I mean, full on supportive. Um, I got it, right? Like, like we're good. You know, it's about supporting each other. We knew that one day we would get married. So we were just kind of taken into consideration of, of uh, what this would look like, right? Going into potential marriage of making sure it's through better or for worse and, and richer or poor because baby poor. Yeah, it was, (laughs) you know, and that, right, that's just, Mm -hmm. that's just how it was. And I did go on, my hiatus was four years. Um, That's how long I worked at uh, the Child Care Center on campus. And um, like I said, I loved what I did. I I call myself the baby whisperer. I still do. Um, (laughs) I love little people to death. Um, And they, I, this is something that I've, I always say and why I'm able to have fun and do things like this with you all. I always say that if you can keep the attention 
of infants and toddlers <laughs> without them walking off on you while you're reading a book, singing a song. If you can keep their attention, you can do anything. I don't, I don't care like what <laughs> so child care, yeah. Child care working is leadership training. Yeah, <laughs> basically. That's it, right. Yeah, if you can do that, you I know for a fact you can do anything. If you can master that, you can do whatever it is that you want to do. And they I give I give those now big people, right? Like some of them are like sixth grade now, right? Fifth, sixth grade. And I give so much credit to them um, because they helped me grow as a person. They helped me become more patient. Um, they help me uh, figure out how to, when stressors are thrown your way, I have a whole classroom full of infants crying at one time because the one started off and then you got this ripple effect there, all the rest of them start. <laughs> that when stressors are thrown your way, how do you handle them, right? For me, it was, I started singing real loud. <laughs> and they look up at you like, what the heck is wrong with you? I've done my job. the crying has stopped I you know so they even taught me how to those those steps of of when stressors are thrown your way how do we react because even though I say I don't get stressed out we all have stressors thrown at us things happen and it's all about how we react to them Mm -hmm. yeah that was ooh wee (laughs) (laughs) well I love how you said like you know just in general like the non-traditional style of college, like is, I mean, it happens, you know, and it's okay. Mm-hmm. And it's, and also like allowing yourself to have that moment to be like, okay, I got to get out. Like, I got to, like, I got to take a break. Like, this is not, yes. not in a good spot. Like this is not, because I think so many people also like just push and push and push and push to try to go through college or try to do things. And then they either end up really extremely in debt or they don't know where they're going with it or just like things or like mental health problems come from it, all those things. So I think it's like good to have that moment of just like, hey, okay, Mm -hmm. well, I'm kind of like messing up right now or I don't really know what I'm going to do. So like, I got to like tap out, you know? Yeah. 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 Yeah, And the, the, and it sounds like too, the comparison trap, even though you knew for many reasons, like, okay, this is what I need to do right now. That comparison trap is so real, right? Like, and we can get stuck in that even if we know okay I need to do this for my own mental health well-being whatever it is mm-hmm. like it doesn't always feel good in the moment mm-hmm. um, and also yeah. you have so many things that happen leading up to you going to school you know or just leading you right. into that environment like you it's kind of that thing is too is like you know we don't know what everyone else's stories are or anything but like you know you you know what's going on in your life and you're like oh my gosh okay like I have all these things going on but then I'm watching all these people like but like they might not have had the intense things happen right before they showed up at college or like they did have that support Mm -hmm. and they did have all those things so it is very different like Mm -hmm. to go through that as well Mm -hmm. yeah where did you get the strength to then decide, all right, I'm going to go back, not only finishing your bachelor's, but ending getting an MBA. Like, yeah. First of all, I'm going to say I'm done. Like I'm not going for a PhD. Like, I almost, not I was going to ask, I thought you were going to at one point. No, no, it's not even necessary at this point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, 
I'm gonna be real as always. Mm-hmm. Like I was, I was tired of being um, a very low um, income. I was tired of being poor. Yeah, I think that was, I think that was a, a, a huge factor. However, I think too because I knew my potential. I knew my potential. I was, you know, I, I was doing this fabulous work um, as an infant, toddler, teacher, um, and honestly, it was killing my body. <laughs> you know, when you, when, you, when you do infants and toddlers, you're on the floor all the time, right? You're either on the floor or in a rocking chair, right? Mm-hmm. And so it was a lot of getting up, getting down, and that could wear on your body too, right? Like I said, I loved what I did, but I knew that I had certain goals set out for myself. And I knew that um, I was unable to, to get to that next step. I was unable to do that without a degree, right? And so um, I did a lot of praying. I did a lot of writing, trying to figure out, okay, Keisha, this is what you want to do. But now how are we going to get there? What are your next steps? And let me tell y'all, as some, so when we talk about it, it is expensive being poor. Like that is a real statement. And when I say that, I'm saying um, for all those years from, I'll say from 06 to 2012, 2013, I did not have health insurance, right? So imagine doctor visits, hospitals. I had a, a knee surgery somewhere in there. Y'all know I've had 20,000. Yes. I had a knee yeah, surgery yeah. somewhere in there, <laughs> yeah. right? And it, you think of, I had two root canals during that time. Root canals here, they were $800 each and I oh, had two man. of them. So for me, I had to choose between a root canal or eating, right? Yeah. And I'm like, y'all not to get my teeth out because I already got enough space in between <laughs> my teeth. We're not doing that. Right. So we... <laughs> And also you need your teeth to eat so that it's like a whole other whole problem. <laughs> I would love to have my teeth to eat. Um, I would, you know, so yeah. anyways, the, the expense it is um, and just being poor. And part of that was, I've been transparent in this too. I know a lot of people aren't comfortable in talking about this, but when I think of student loans, mm-hmm. right? There was, you know, at, at one point during that time, there was the assumption from, it was Sally Mae at the time. We had Nate, uh, Navi and now. Yep. Sally Mae handed it over to the brother. And yep. so, when, right? And so at that time, it was, it was them. It was almost like they were after me, right? They were hounding me. You should be able to, to pay for this. You should be able to cover that based on your income. And I'm like, what income are y'all looking at? Right? Because I'm barely getting by. And so, um, so, so for me, it was, here we come, default, right? So I went into default with my student loans during that, that you know, that gap in, in uh, being out of school. And uh, it was, I knew part of my steps to get back in was I had to figure out how to make this right. So I could just get, be eligible for financial aid in general. You don't need, you're not even eligible for fi- for financial aid if you have a default status, mm-hmm. right? And so it was the uncomfortable calls. I don't know about anybody else, anybody else that's listening. When you got the folks after you, I don't care who it is, whether it's Sally Mae, Navient, credit card companies, 
you don't want to you know they're calling you don't want to you don't you don't want to answer the phone right mm-hmm. <laughs> blocked call like oh it's over there like, <laughs> oh yeah how many hospital you, bills have i been like yeah. <laughs> exactly right like you don't want to answer those calls and it's, it's almost like uh you automatically get get uh stressed you get lightheaded right when you know that they're calling oh my gosh so I had to finally make the decision. Keisha, pick up the phone. It's going to be nerve wracking, but just pick up the phone. Make the and, payment and, plan. Right? Ask what you can do. And um, so that was huge in making sure that I could get back in. But, uh, you know, in between, a lot of these random things happened to me during, um, during my times. But one of them was that I ended up getting this basketball scholarship to DMAC when I was like 25 or 26. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's like, that's like one of those random things that, that people don't really know, mm-hmm. right? Like, and when I mention it, it's like, wait, what? Yes, I was playing with some 17 to 18 year olds. Yes, I was. At well, 25 and 26. You were still doing your passions, you know, like even though- I guess like, so super wild you're like okay but I still have basketball (laughs) you know what and it wasn't even just about loving it I think it was also because I knew that I was still really good Mm -hmm. um vertical jump baby was the best (laughs) on the team okay I'm gonna tell you at 25 26 baby that vertical jump was on point um but (laughs) but I ended up tearing my other ACL I said, look, this is it. This is it. That's why a lot of people don't. It was a very short-lived, yes. you know, dream <laughs> in my mid to late 20s. And that's why I said a lot of people just don't know about it because I did one year at DMAC when I went back and then I finished up at Iowa State. And so um, it for me, it was about, honestly, it was about getting done and getting out. I knew, you know, Child adult family services. I was at a point where I had been out in the field for so long, right? And I came in and, and told my advisor, I know I can do 21 credits. <laughs> I know it. Oh, in one semester? <laughs> so, so, think, so think about this. Um, I, I failed every class my first semester. Right? I mean, I failed a lot of classes, right? Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> so I, I I did those two years at Iowa State, did DMAC for one year. So you would assume that, oh, Keisha, you really only have one year left. No, I don't, because I failed all those classes. I failed to retake them. I took 21 credits per semester. Uh, for I took it uh, fall and spring, and then I took 18 credits summer and graduated. So I, I finished in a year at Iowa State, um, and uh, I went from a, I think it was a, a one point, it was a one point sum, y'all. One point two, three, four, and I left out of there. I was two point nine because I ended up getting straight A's um, nice. in that last year. So I was able to get it to a two point nine, but I just missed that three. But that was that was kind of that experience of trying to get back into school. What that looked like for me, I wasn't playing no games. 
when I went back, I was no longer sitting in the back of a class. I was in the front. I wanted my professors to know my face. I wanted them to know my name because I feel like a lot of times for us too, when we go to college, we don't think about the connections that we need to have with our professors because someday they may be writing our our letter of recommendations and they may be a reference for us. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know one of my MBA professors is a reference for me. And so it's all about building those connections um, even with your professors. That's, oh, it's just so inspiring. And <laughs> like, yeah, just like what Danielle said, I mean, everyone goes through ups and downs and your ability to still do that. And right, eventually, I mean, we'll get into your MBA, but to do that with, you had a lot of like turbulent times in your own life, like going mm-hmm. on and Yeah. That's why I used the word strength in the beginning, because I'm like, that's the one word that I for sure know describes you in addition to numerous others, but Mm. yeah, you have just exuded that and persistence and you're, you're proof that, yeah, you can come back from any GPA and then almost have a three point. Yeah, it was. I, and, I, and I'll just say, you know, I'll just say this too. It was because I almost forgot. I mean, obviously not not the passing of my brother, but kind of that what year that was. That was actually a part of why I I kind of said life is too short because he was he was killed uh, a year before I went back to college, uh, and so for me, it that's why today, you know, I constantly say to people, man, we had. Like, do we realize how short our lives really are on this earth? When I when I talk to when I talk to my husband, it's like, man, we're already in our mid thirties. Like, we're halfway. Like, mm-hmm. come on now. And and how quickly did this time pass for us to get to our mid thirties? Like, like, and and who knows what's in you know what's the plan for any of us? We we don't know when it's our time, and we have to live our life doing what we love and what we're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And like actually doing it, you know, as opposed yes. to, cause I think that's a huge yes. piece of it, you know, because I think like, I think so many people know that life is short but they don't really know where to go with it, you know, or, mm-hmm. or it's just kind of like, or they're, they're thinking like, oh, we'll figure it out tomorrow. We'll figure it out next year. We'll figure it out. Like when we have more money or we'll figure it Ooh, out. That's when, good. Yeah. Like we'll figure it out mm-hmm. when we have more money or like when we're in this relationship or we're in this thing, you know? And so then you kind of like, you're still inching through the years, but you're not necessarily doing it, you know? Right. Right. Ooh, that's good. That's good right there. That's a word. <laughs> Maybe put that, at, put that, write that down somewhere. <laughs> get those quotes out there promotion promotion right so how soon was it after you graduated that you're like all right I'm gonna get my MBA because that business that business aspect of you kind of came back you you said you had a business plan in middle school so I did and I will tell you so um I start I, I finished my undergrad in 2014 um, and then I immediately started working at Iowa State. So uh, Iowa State, I was in university HR. I like to say that I was the fun side of university HR because I was work life. So everything related to work life, that yes. is the work that I did. So I was also still able to support when we talk about non-traditional students, mm-hmm. students that had children. 
um, writing grants to the Department of Ed to make sure um, they had funding uh, to cover their campus childcare expenses. I mean, making sure that they had this community, right, um, of other uh, student parents and just all of these things. I absolutely loved overseeing the lactation spaces. I love me some lactation spaces, okay? <laughs> um, and restrooms that have diaper changing stations and them little, uh, them little seats with the, with you can buckle your little one in too. Yeah. You know, I love, <laughs> and not just in the women's restrooms, but all of them. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? And, and so I had, I, I began to have this passion for uh, wanting to develop hundreds of high quality childcare facilities across the world. So not just the country, I kind of want, I saw myself on this level of like um, Bright Horizons. So Bright Horizons has yeah. over 800 facilities all over the world. And that's how I kind of, that, that's where I saw myself, right? I knew that's what I wanted to do. They were going to be employer sponsored. You know, like I said, high, high, saying high quality in front of it is very important. Right when we talk about childcare, because we can say childcare, but then high quality is just another element to it, right? Um, and so, I remember writing. You know, we had to do uh, write two essays, right, as part of the MBA program. First of all, uh, you know, you got to take that GMAT. I'm just over here rubbing my hair right now. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I'm feeling the stress. Yes. <laughs> You know, but I remember writing in part of my essays um, uh, was this plan of what I wanted to do as far as uh, building, uh, establishing these childcare facilities. Um, I knew I didn't want to work in them, but I wanted to establish them. I wanted to hire them, right? It was it was all of this. And um, I was actually denied entry in 2015. So I started at Iowa State in 2014. I was denied entry in 2015. And you know how it is. It's a combination of things, right? It's your undergrad GPA. It's, it's like all of these things together. But for me, I knew that I could be in the program. And so I was denied entry. And I remember going to um, the office of... Uh, he was over uh, grad programs, right? And with it, and I just, I just said, what do I need to do to get into this program? So here we go with this being persistent, mm-hmm. right? I was getting to this point in my life where I felt comfortable in being that. And it was, well, you know, maybe you should look at this program. It's like, no, this is the program I'm supposed to be in. Um, you tell me what I need to do to get in. And so, because I didn't have, I didn't have quantitative work in my background, right? Um, with my undergrad degree and things like that. And so uh, I remember having to take finance. Y'all, I'm scratching my neck. I know y'all can't see me that are listening, but I'm scratching my neck right now because I had to take finance. And last time I saw, really saw math, was in high school, which mm-hmm. is over, t- you know, 10, it was 10 years, 10 years prior. And I was like, y'all just gonna throw me right. I got to do well in finance, right? Got to do well in this. And then they would reevaluate uh, my materials, right? And uh, very fortunate to be accepted into the program in 2016. Uh, and when I talk about building those relationships, uh, that's what it was too in my finance class uh, with my professor writing a letter of recommendation. I had no idea he even did that, right? Um, and so for me, that I knew that was my ultimate goal when I, you know, going into that program of building these facilities. Um, I loved it because it was the professional program. 
um, and not the regular full-time uh, program. I was with others that were working, uh, right? Like more working during the day. A lot of them were at principal, financial, Wells Fargo, right? I was coming from this nonprofit background, which apparently they didn't really see in the MBA program. Mm -hmm. So that was interesting in itself, right? It was, no, we don't really see, you know, people from nonprofit, you know, in this program or they don't, 50% of them don't really make it. And I'm like, wait, what? Is, what do you think nonprofits don't need to make no money? The or, like, I mean, yeah. you know, or, <laughs> or don't need I mean, business <laughs> background? Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's like, like a very that. large portion of the world, but whatever. Right. <laughs> so, um, so anyways, yeah, so I did my program from 2016 to 2018 while I was working full-time at Iowa State. And so it was uh, uh, an extremely busy time because my husband and I got married three days before my program started. I had found out a week earlier that I got into the program. No honeymoon, <laughs> right? Just no honeymoon. I got to go, go start classes. Um, and it was, it was a juggle, right? So you had your first year marriage, (laughs) which, which people talk about is the most difficult, right? Because it's really just trying to balance just everything, right? And being, being one, right? For, for that first year. And so it was that I was working at ISU from eight to five. And then I had to drive to downtown Des Moines until about 9, 10, go home and do it all over again the next day. So I didn't see my husband much at all those first two years, um, because even though we could kind of go at this more part-time steady pace, I decided to kind of go in full on. <laughs> 21 credits. <laughs> right? Basically. So I was, you know, full time for grad, uh, for master's programs, uh, PhD is nine credits. And so I was full time. So I was coming to downtown Des Moines every night and my Mustang can't see at night. It was, it was beautiful. Y'all. I had Couldn't a Mustang too. <laughs> yes, you did. It was red. Uh-huh. <laughs> Oh. See how I know that. For some reason, I just knew you—you you had a red Mustang. Yes, I knew that. I sure did. Those winters, though. Those winters, though. Maybe those winters. Not even just winters. Rain. Like mm-hmm. it couldn't even go outside when it rained. Just hydroplaning for no reason. So, <laughs> right? Like that's just what they do. And oh, so, man. and that was that was kind. Of, that was me going into the MBA program. Finished in 2018. And it was, I I just knew that, all right, there is, there is a next thing for me, but I'm going to tell y'all, it ain't a PhD program though. (laughs) (laughs) I think, yes, you, you're like, I've done this and all your badass photos of yourself too. Like, yep, I did that. Uh, like this, there's so much of a like this was me at this time now here I am like look at me like here I go like I'm confident I'm achieving like that's good I, that's, that's I, good. I, I like to tell people that th- this is something I like to say seriously for anybody for 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 all of those that are listening is that um sometimes I get asked Maybe if I'm going in front of a large group of people, maybe to give a presentation or a talk, right? Or something like that. 
often I get asked, oh, you know, are you nervous going in? And for me, what I need people to recognize is that it takes a lot to get to these points, right, that you want to be at. And for me, I don't get nervous about things anymore because I started to, it's, it's been a couple of years that it's been like this, um, but I started to look at other people and go, they are literally just people with flaws just like me. Mm-hmm. Their flaws may just look differently. And who am I to try to impress them, right? Or worry about uh, their thoughts of me, right? Or things like that. They have just as many flaws as I do, no matter their position, no matter their status in this world. That's that's how I see things. For me, it's not even about a status. So if somebody even says to me, you know, like, oh, the COO, I got to make sure, like, man, look, <laughs> I am a person just like you. Just treat me with respect. I'll do the same for you, right? But um, that is something that, you know, I do like to say when when folks ask about nervousness, oh, yeah, you seem so confident or, and things like that. I'm like, well, first of all, it took me a long time to get here um, because I went from never having a voice growing up all the way through high school to being able to slowly find my own voice in the way that I saw best, right? And I, it's like, it's always been there. I just couldn't use it when I was young. And I, like I said, I just started to look at people. I feel like, Abby, I feel like it was this thing, maybe within Child Adult Family Services, you start to learn about, you know, like in personalities, how people process things like all of this all of this stuff from from womb to tomb and you know all of that and I feel like that started to stick with me of you ain't about to sit here and try to make me nervous or feel you know whatever you are literally you are you you bleed just like I do you have flaws just like I do um and that's how I try to approach life and that's a huge part of why um, I live this, my, my goal is to always live this stress-free life. Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. so, and I think that's like so good for people to hear because I think a lot of our world, we live in stress, you know, it's just constant, like you're, mm-hmm. no matter if you think you're thinking about other people's thoughts or not or whatever, like, it's just a constant, like you're working yourself up a lot. So I think it's good mm-hmm. to like feel those moments of just like, okay, but like, people are just people, you know, like everyone. They're just people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're, we're all, yeah, we are all just people. And if <laughs> that person can make a six figure income or whatever it is, like we can also do mm-hmm. that thing that we want to do. And mm-hmm. yeah, and do you? Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say, like, I think a lot of people like ask people who, you know, present overly confident or just all those things. They're like, how do you get so confident or how do you do this? And it's like, when you're doing things that you like, or when you're doing things that you love, like it's easier to be more confident about it, you know, because it's like, it's what you're being called to do or it's what you're wanting to do. So then it's easier for you to like exude that confidence, but it's not that you're like, overly confident you're just doing what you want to do so it's exuding out of you you know and like that's within people too that's within everybody Mm -hmm. so I Mm -hmm. think it's just kind of like getting those pieces of yourself you know 
or Danielle, it could be the complete opposite. <laughs> yeah, you, that's like true. for real. So, mm-hmm. Like when you think of some, like <laughs> yeah, no, I mean I, something I, that you're so passionate about, you love to do. You worry, yes, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like there is this worry mm-hmm. of, oh my gosh, okay, it has to be right. Okay, I do really have to impress like these people. I need this to be right because I love this so much. Mm-hmm. It, sometimes I feel like it is kind of either this end of the, the spectrum or the opposite, right? Of yes, I have the confidence. I'm coming in here. I'm about to do this. Or it's yeah. like, okay, okay, okay. You talking yourself into it. You got, okay, all right. But I need them to like me. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. I need them to like the idea. Mm-hmm. I'm worried. I'm sweating. <sighs> I'll just sink <laughs> over here in my chair because you just read me. Okay. Uh... <laughs> but I think it's knowing like it's... where you're at, you know, and yeah. knowing that mm-hmm. there are, but also there are times, Abby, when you are like on it, like whatever, I know all my stuff, like here I go, bum, 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 you know? Yeah. And so I think like Ooh, it's, it's knowing those more. moments, embracing those moments, you know, and knowing when you're getting on different ends of the pendulum swing and everyone's like it, just like we said, mm-hmm. like it happens to everybody. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. And I was just going to ask, do you think once that shift kind of happened for you, that that's when everything started to just come to you in fruition? It's almost like, again, you manifested it, right? Like you <laughs> yes. have a bajillion of your own businesses, not only so I mean, I know for sure too, but you could have many others on the side and I would believe it. So your photography business, I know you and your husband kind of do together, correct? Or- we started off together. So this was, photography was not, look, if you ask anybody or y'all, I mean, anybody, photography was nowhere near on my list of things to do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it was, my husband was actually always the one that had the eye. Right. So we'd be driving around somewhere. He go, Oh my gosh, this looks like a perfect, like look, hidden gem. Let's get out the car. He always used me as his subject. And I'm telling you, we started shooting on um an iPad. That's what we were shooting on at first. And so oh, you're one was, of those iPad people. Oh, and it was large. Too, <laughs> yeah. Right. So those you're just like, wait, like... trying to reach the button. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the, you were those, those people. people. <laughs> there are so many moments was... where it's just like those yeah. iPad people, like why do they use a phone or a camera? But it's okay. I get it. I get right? it. <laughs> that was us. And so he was the main photographer. I ca- I gave myself the title of creative director. So when we had sessions, you know, it was me getting all the ideas together and he was behind the camera shooting. And um, he is also an entrepreneur. My husband was an entrepreneur long before I was. Um, he had a company when he was in high school, um, high school, college, when he was at Iowa State. Um, and they had office space off campus. It was a tech a base company and all of that so he has the entrepreneurial mindset like to a t um and so uh he had decided that he wanted to step back and work on some of his own projects right he had so many ideas and we recognized that photography was starting to take up so much of our time when we started to have friends go y'all 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 doing that's what y'all doing out there y'all want to take some pictures of me (laughs) so we (laughs) So then that's, you know, for, he said, I'm going to step back. And I went, okay, here I go. I'm about to go deep into professional development, right? All these things, all these different types of test shots and stuff. And, um, oh my gosh, like things have moved very quickly over the past <laughs> a few years. It's grown um, during the pandemic. 
um, revenue for Word Creative Studios, for instance, nearly tripled. And so, you know, even to the point where I was able to move from, I went from our living room to renting a space hourly just for clients that wanted to be in a studio to a shared space with other photographers to my own space that I now have um, as of March of this year. And so it yeah. has, and I say it's, you look, look, y'all. <laughs> Snapped around it's the world. Fun. <laughs> and how I like to say it is, I'm not, I, I like to say that I'm not your average photographer. I love having fun. It's about empowering those that are in front of the camera. I mean, 98% of my clients have never been in front of a camera before. And, but you wouldn't be able to tell right? Once those photos are out there, you cannot tell. It's about helping them become comfortable in their skin, right? In their power, just all of those things. And I absolutely love it. And it's it's just all about the energy for me. So um, that and then Vegan Knees. Yes. um, Yes. You know, I am the story behind Vegan Knees. Knees, the body part, listening. (laughs) I I have to say that. (laughs) Vegan knees right so there is a difference between vegan and plant-based uh (laughs) right so plant-based is the food alone right um and so when you think of vegan it's this lifestyle it's 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 having this um uh this this love this passion for um animals right you don't have uh animal product or byproducts in your skincare the clothes you wear any of that. So I, I've done it specifically for my health. And that's a lot of times that's what you hear plant-based folks say is, you know, it's just for the food for me. It's my health and plant-based needs isn't as catchy. Right. <laughs> so, um, so that's where be- <laughs> vegan needs is definitely more catchy, but also vegan is, is the universal term that tends to be used, whether you see it on a menu, right? You're just in conversation with someone. It's kind of that universal uh, term that's used. So it's most recognized. Um, and honestly, it's just, for me, um, it came down to all the surgeries I've had, the pain I've, I experienced for 10 years straight. My husband can attest to it. I was in pain every day, y'all. It hurt to walk. I mean, I couldn't do lower body work in the gym. Uh, none of that. I was living in my physical therapist's office, my ortho's office. And he told me I was on my way to cortisone shots, arthritis, and knee replacements. Oh, and I wasn't boy. even 30 yet. And so the main, the most consistent thing he kept telling me was, you can, we can't keep the inflammation out of your body. That was the number one thing that he just kept telling me. And I went, okay, Keisha, let's just focus on your body. What is it that your body is telling you? What is it that you can find through research, through conversations with other doctors? You know, I was, I spent about two to three months of having conversations Uh, unpacking a ton of research right all of this and trying to understand what can I do for my body because I'm too young and I need to think long term and what I like to say is our bodies tell us everything right our bodies tell us everything and I love one thing about me is that I'm not pushy so uh, I'm not one of those people that's like you need to go vegan (laughs) so that is just not me because what I say is do what works best for you right like that is that is a comment that I will always make, you just do what works best for you. I'm doing what works best for me and my body, right? And so it tends to be more, okay, but tell me about what it did for your body, right? 
Um, and for me, after going uh, plant-based uh, nearly five years ago, I've, I have not seen my ortho. I have not seen my physical, they have not seen me at all um, in their office. And I recognize that a lot of that inflammation ended up being pulled out of my body. I don't deal with that, you know, and recovery, all of these things, I get to do what I want in the gym. And so that's why I said, you know, why I love having conversations with people with, because it's usually when they ask, right? Because it'd be like, oh yeah, Keisha, here, eat this. Have somebody that's like, oh no, I can't eat it, right? And people immediately go to, I know you're not dieting. Like <laughs> you're too skinny, right? That's immediately what people go, you're too skinny to be dieting. I was like, I'm not dieting. Mm -hmm. I just can't eat it, right? I just- Right. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I, think I know you, you know. sure do. And <laughs> I actually, yeah, being like, obviously being a dietitian, people probably already know that about me, but what I love about you and your business too, is exactly that. Like, you're like, I'm not going to push it onto everyone. Cause everyone knows their own body. Like yep. you are doing what's best for you and other people might choose animal products and they feel okay. Right. All of us are so individualized. And I think that's like the main thing. I also love, there's a couple things I loved about what you said on a post recently. I think you had said, um, something around, you know, going vegan, isn't just removing animal products. You have to do the research to know how mm -hmm. to get enough protein. Yes. Like, people don't. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> people don't realize like there are so many options for protein, but you, you do have to make it a focus and not just, Oh, I'm not going to eat animal products. If you go vegan. Yes. Also what you just said here, I, I know I'm just like the dietitian here in me, like love it, out. Love it. being plant-based or vegan, right. I work with eating disorder clients. So oftentimes, mm -hmm. yes, there are some people who choose it for ethical reasons. Great. Mm -hmm. But then there are also some people who choose it for disordered reasons. And mm -hmm. what you said too, was like, what are other ways that you're practicing plant-based and not using mm -hmm. animal products. Cause if someone's just focusing on the food, you know, there there's other places there. Maybe, maybe you can be vegan later, but right now we yep. need to heal your relationship with food first. So mm -hmm. I'm geeking out, loving yes. it. Thanks yes. so much, Keisha. <laughs> I knew you would. I knew you would. And sometimes I, and I gotta tell you this, Abby, sometimes it's, it is, um, I can't remember where I heard this before, but it was, it was something, and I get this a lot, right? Where it's like, well, how do you get this? It, it, and it's more of being on the defensive, right? Than being curious. Well, you can't be getting enough of this. How, how do you get this? And sometimes I go, well, you know, what's in that steak? <laughs> how do you, like, what are you getting out of, you know, the steak you just ate? Do you know what's in it? Are, are you, are you capturing how much protein is in this? Or are you capturing how much, right? If you're getting B12, like, are mm -hmm. you, do you actually pay attention to that? Or are you more focused on that because of how I said I eat, right? right. And it's more on the defense. And so for me, yeah, like I said, it's all about what works best for your body. Our bodies tell us what it needs. We listen to it. We react. Um, and, you know, my household isn't vegan. I mean, like, you know, it's people ask that all the time too. Oh, is everybody over there? No, we adjust for my brother. My husband's been eating, my husband's been eating plant-based for several, probably about four months now. But, you know, my brother, we still make him chicken. We still make him shrimp, right? Like all of those things, um, right. because those are the foods that he loves, right? 
Um, he has cut out dairy because he's recognized that it's bothering him and things like that. But he is listening to his body and asking me to buy right dairy-free things for him. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you're not pushing that upon him. You're just like, okay, eat whatever you want to eat, but like, just let me know, you know? Just, I literally told him today, hey, you make a grocery shopping list for me so I can get foods that you actually want to eat or you eating with us. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. Some of the food you post and the places you go in Des Moines (laughs) looks so good. And I'm not, I'm not even vegan or vegetarian, but it looks delicious. (laughs) He smashes it. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Unless you tell him it's, unless you tell him like a pastry or some other dessert is vegan. Talking about he want to throw up. But it's just because he knows. <laughs> one time I made D like something with it was like quinoa and like yeah, I didn't add enough like pro- other protein options in, but it was just like a quinoa thing. And he like looked down at it, looked at me, looked down, and he's like, Where's the meat? Like he was so <laughs> it was it was so cute. I love it. Oh my gosh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um and before we get to your, like your current, another current role that you're doing as COO, right? Like we, we have to spend time on all of these because they're very important. Yeah. Going back to your photography business, which that is really cool that you're like, okay, I'll just pick this up and are really great at it. Like, um, yeah, a lot of professional <laughs> development, girl. <laughs> but what I love about that is that you also are really, especially with that. And I know you do a lot in, uh, the, um, I was space to of just lifting black women, black women voices, and you're doing, I know a lot of headshots for different, Mm -hmm. um, organizations and things too. So, I mean, again, as a white woman, right? Like I love seeing that because I'm like, yes, the people I know, the people I went to school with are doing great thing so I just wanted to highlight that as yeah amplifying (laughs) black voices (laughs) and not only that but when people ask what is this with this black women empowerment photo shoot that you have annually right I actually explain it in this video because I had a videographer um come in and and shoot this last year it was Wakanda theme this was all before uh, Chadwick had passed away. She, we released, she released the video to me the day before he passed away. Right. Wow. I had posted it. And in the video, I explained to you, um, when we get, when we get black women in one space, it can be seen as catty. We are catty. We are untrustworthy. Um, and a lot of it comes from what was instilled in us coming up. Right. And I've said that in that video, I, I, I believe I said, um, I was taught to not trust black women. Um, You know, I didn't see my mom have black women friends, right? Like that's just how it was. I I was just, I was taught not to trust them. They stab you in the back and all these other things. And so to be able to knock, right? Those barriers down, even in Des Moines, it's everywhere. But even in Des Moines and recognizing the experiences that black women have had in other different spaces, of black women and and not always positive here in Des Moines. I wanted to create this space because people know I ain't about drama either. And if it's something that is being recognized within like this very large group, you know, of black women that I'm going to address it, right? And I expect the other women in the, you know, that are part of these uh to speak up and say something too, right? So 
It is about this positive impact, yes, uplifting on their voices and really just being around each other to love on each other, empower one another. It is, it is beautiful to come together and do this. Just to show more love. <laughs> like, I think like that's yes. the biggest part. Cause like you're saying, like, mm-hmm. I mean, like so many situations like black women are portrayed in such a negative light. So it's good to just like show more of like the positivity mm-hmm. and the love and the light that they can mm-hmm. exude. I will do one for black men. I, they they keep hounding me and <laughs> I just need to go ahead and do this. Uh, next year, we're hoping to go, uh, next year is the fifth year anniversary of the Black Women Empowerment photo shoot. So we're trying to go to the Caribbeans. Um, next, yeah, we're trying to... <laughs> Get you know, I'm not a black woman, but can you take me in your space? <laughs> oh! <laughs> Abby, I cannot stand you. You know that. (laughs) (laughs) But it's fun. It it is fun. It's something they look forward to. And it's always a good time. Always a good time. That's amazing. I love it. And that's so exciting to bring that to Iowa as well. Because I think Mm -hmm. like, you know, there's so many different things about Iowa and so many different ways that, you know, it can look certain ways. So I think it's good to like bring light to, you know, the color that is in Iowa, just the people, mm-hmm. everyone, like in so many different ways. Cause I think mm-hmm. Iowa gets portrayed very differently and it's, you know, shown in very different ways. So I think it's good to show like, hey, there are black people in Iowa. <laughs> like, Agree. <laughs> that too. Like, yeah. And and black people in Iowa doing great things. Mm-hmm. 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 Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so, Miss COO. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, new title. <laughs> new <Check> that one. <laughs> new title. Um, I had the opportunity to talk to uh, some ISU students of color, and this is something that I, w- I will always be consistent in saying. Uh, for me, there have been the questions of how the heck did you go from an assistant director to a COO in one, (laughs) in one one. jump, right? I skipped, I skipped all these other, uh, positions that I should have quote unquote, you know, um, held prior to, but this is what I, this is the advice that I would give to people is that it is not about the title. It is about how well you can speak to the work that you've done. It it is how well you can speak to it in your resume and cover letter um, and in person through video chat, whenever you're having dialogue with someone, how well you're able to explain the work that you have done. Because clearly um, my title alone was not a factor Right. And I knew I had started to, you know, I reflect every year on uh, as my birthday comes up, I always reflect over the past year. And about a year ago, I started talking to my husband about I can run somebody's org. Like, you know, it's different when you have your own business, you kind of set the standards on your, you know, for your business, what you do. It's a different ball game when you run in somebody else's org, right? And, and the expectations that come along with that in general. And you think of 
an extremely large and prominent uh, nonprofit such as Girl Scouts, yeah. right? And, <laughs> and you know, I, I started to say, like, I have, I have the passion, I have the skills, I have the expertise um, to do this. I, I, I remember, I've, I've told my husband several times. I just need the opportunity to get in front of people mm-hmm. so that I can talk, right? And um, that opportunity was presented and I, it, it was, so I've been in shock actually this, this, <laughs> <laughs> this, this past, I mean, I am finally no longer in shock, right? And that's me being real. You know, I'm a very transparent person. I am no longer in shock, but I have been for the first about month and a half, yeah. right? Uh, holy cow. I'm really about, okay, <laughs> let's do, you know, let's do this. I've, I've prayed for this, mm-hmm. right? I've spoken this. I, w- one thing I say about the, my household is that we don't speak negativity up in here, mm-hmm. right? That's one thing that when my brother came to live with us that I told him, was like, hey, we don't do that up in here. We are realistic people though, but we don't speak, mm-mm. we don't do that negativity in here. And that's just a heads up, bro. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's it's speaking that up, right? It's, uh, it's having the passion for it. And I am very fortunate. To, this is how I've said it. Um, some, when I've been asked, um, how is it going? You know, how is it going over there? Are you liking it? And I go, I love it right? It's like, well, what do you love about it? First of all, it is, I get the best of all worlds. Um, You know, sometimes when you're in a position, uh, a specific position, you sometimes have to go outside of it to fulfill the other things that you want to do, right? right? Um, And for me, it is the combination of uh, operations, which I am really great at. Uh, It is also being able to be a part of an org to help in growing in the areas of diversity, equity, and inclusion, mm-hmm. right? Which I have deep passion for. I don't know how this came full circle back to the kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. like, I, I, it was in my brain. Yes, yes. yes. Because right? you knew. Building up. It, yeah, you, you put it out there and you knew that like, the Where did that wanted. come from, mm-hmm. right? Coming from higher ed, I worked at higher ed for a decade. <laughs> so, you know, then with students. And um, come and, and coming here and being able to empower, to lead, right? Uh, we always talk about representation, not just representation of girls, for instance, um, that look like me, but also girls who don't look like me, who get to see, right? Because we, I feel like we forget about the girls, the, the people who don't look like us. We yeah. always say we need representation for those who look like us, but they also need to see it. Yeah, Everybody yeah. else needs to see this too, yeah. right? That this is normal, first of all. Mm-hmm, <laughs> this mm-hmm. should be like this. Um, and I am, I, I am very, very blessed. Um, I know I am. I am beyond thankful uh, because how I say it is, Everything that I have been through has prepared me for today, right? And when I say that too, that does not mean that people need to struggle also to get to where they want to be. I think that's sometimes generationally that can be that 
It's like, oh no, I had to struggle. I had to, you know, yeah. I had to do this. I, I didn't have times when I ate. You need to struggle just like me for what? Right, right. What? Not everyone needs to go through that. (laughs) Yes, and that is why my brother being here with us, we wanted to make sure that we're helping him build the foundation that he needs to go off and flourish. He doesn't. He doesn't need to struggle. So his privilege will be having a support system here, where he can go to school and not worry about bills, not worrying about where his meals are going to come from. And it is also about recognizing our own privileges, and that is a privilege. That is going to be a privilege of his. Right. Um, things that I didn't have, and it's not about giving him things that I didn't have. It's just about helping to build a better foundation to start. Yeah. I mean, to at least start off with, right? Right. Um, and so anyways, yes, I love, love, love Girl Scouts of Greater Iowa. Um, the org is absolutely amazing. Work life is beautiful. Culture <laughs> is amazing. Um, parental leave is beautiful, though. I don't know why I'm at with that. We just we just gonna, we just going to slide on by that. But, you know, it. <laughs> The CEO is absolutely amazing. She cares about, she cares so much about the org, about staff, about the girls, volunteers, right? Um, Because it's also, you know, it's them too. It's our volunteers that help keep things moving forward. Um, And I am not the cookie plug. So if anybody's (laughs) listening, yes, I oversee the cookie pro, the product program, the cookies, I am not the cookie plug. Please go out there and support these young entrepreneurs. Buy from them. They are right. out here putting in work, okay, yeah. for y'all to buy from them. Find y'all not getting no free cookies out. out of me. And isn't there like a Girl Scout Finder like app? I feel like I looked that up at one point. So. You know what? That's, that's I think good. there is. I think there is. It's like find your local Girl Scout cookies. Like, I think there is. It? While you're at it, a lot of people didn't um, don't know this. I did not know this before joining Girl Scouts. Is that there is a fall products program where they sell nuts and chocolates? Ooh, oh, I did not know that. I didn't know that. Oh, actually, oh, yeah, go find wait, I think I kind of did know that because I was a Girl Scout at one point in time, like way back in the day. Like, <laughs> and I did the same face, <laughs> like literally the same. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, it was a Girl Scout. I love how some people just forget, right? (laughs) Like, I love when I'm having conversations with people and they completely forget and they go, oh, yeah, actually, I was a Girl Scout from six to... Um, from six years old till I was a, a, a senior in high school. Like, how did you forget that? Yeah, I don't know. I just, I just when a lot of this happened. My aunt was really into Girl Scouts too, so I mean, like, I know. So you, so were you pushing? Were you pushing the the, yeah. the nuts and chocolate? Yes, I was pushing the nuts. And that's why I was like, wait, I think I know this. Like, I was. Keisha, I know you're not the cookie person, but I am really, really sad that they no longer have the thanks a lot. I really love those cookies. The shortbread you know, with the chocolate. Yeah. It, if you haven't, if you haven't seen, which I'm assuming you probably have, there is a new cookie mm-hmm. um, and it's called Adventurefuls. And this, I like to describe. So I know y'all that are listening, you can't see me. I am a very visual person. I love talking with my hands and my body. So like, as I talk about this cookie, I want you to just envision me just kind of 
taking my hands and like sprinkling on the top of the cookie. Okay, so the cookie is, it's like a brownie, but keep in mind, it is not soft though, because a shelf life, right? right? The cookies have to last through. So it, it does have some crunch. I can't, me describing this may sound like I have tried it. I cannot try it because it's not vegan. Okay, so it is a brownie cookie. It has caramel in the center and you sprinkle a little sea salt on the top. I can't wait oh, to buy them from cool. my local Girl Scout. <laughs> oh man, the caramel delights. I just best. like Samoas, Tagalongs, and they've got like yep. thin things. Those are my favorite. Yeah. Of all time. Yes. I'm yes. a basic thin mint. Go figure. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yes. Yes. So that is your cookie. Um, from my understanding, it pairs well with like red wine, hot chocolate, coffee, oh some gosh. beers. Speaking so, to me. Yeah. So get excited they're coming you gotta wait till february <laughs> sorry y'all it'll be worth the wait it, yes you heard it you heard it here guys heard it here first <laughs> oh my gosh i don't know if i've laughed so hard in so long <laughs> really that's so i love it that's we have to it's it's just uh it just feels so good it does feel good I know. Well, I mean, Abby had a really other good question about a leader that all, you know, you got, you got this. Oh, thank you. So Keisha, Mm -hmm. because you exemplify leadership, what would you say make is the definition or what makes a good or great leader? You know what? Um, I, what I would say is that you have to know uh, when to follow, right? So often, sometimes as leaders, you know, you, leaders or managers, uh, sometimes when we get into these positions, it's kind of like, um, uh, I know, you know, you always know what's best or you, right? Like you're pushing forward all these initiatives and these things without uh, uh, really hearing the voices around you, the people around you. I think that is so important, right? Um, so it's being able to, to follow, understand, listen to folks, um, because when we even think about initiatives, right, and things that we're trying to do, uh, we can't be successful in it without understanding the people that it's going to impact, right? Um, you also have to have the capability to encourage people to be on board, right, with what's happening, with, with the journey, with the goal of the work that you're doing. Uh, because you are also going to have followers, right? You're going to have people right there with you. Um, and something that I like to say too, uh, especially being, I like to say in a leadership role, not a manager role, right? Um, it, it just, it looks different, right? So I like to say a leadership role of, of making sure that, that people understand that I value, you know, just along the same lines, valuing input of of maybe what this org looks like maybe what this project looks like right uh taking those being able to take those different experiences uh around the table uh without those experiences you also won't be successful not at least not as successful as as you probably could be not as successful as you would like but as successful as you could be uh and so that is 
it's just, that is really important. I feel like you need to have the ability to empower those around you um, because you're going to be dealing with, you deal with so, so many different personalities, right? Just so many different people in general. And it's understanding different ways that they need to be empowered. Uh, and that's the best way. That's just the best way to lead. Mm-hmm. And I definitely think like there's so many leaders and managers that do have a hard time with that sometimes because you you get to those points where it's kind of like, oh my gosh, well, I'm here, like I'm doing it. I'm, and you have to listen to those little voices yeah. like, everywhere because they're, because the you know, the little guy is the one that's helped you get there as well. You know, you didn't just get there by yourself. And like the people around you are also helping the whole ship like run in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I, I like wrote that down for myself. Like, yep. A good leader. You need to know when to follow. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Mic drop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is true. Mm-hmm. Yes. <sighs> I love it. Well, oh. and then we also have our Instagram versus reality. <laughs> Something like putting Keisha on the spot. We gave her a whole five second uh, warning. Yes. 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 We, we prepped you for it, kind of. <laughs> you, did, you know what? You kind of did. And so yes. I feel like as we were talking a little bit, right, mm-hmm. you start to, we said this already, you start to, to think of some things, but, mm-hmm. you know, Instagram versus reality right? There is this element of, this is so real, of trying, mm-hmm. how, how do we say it? Trying to keep up with the Joneses, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I feel like I have two. So it's trying to keep yeah, up. Yeah, you can do both it's, of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's, it's, you know, there's this element of trying to keep up with the Joneses, right? Of, oh my gosh, yeah, they out here looking fly, mm-hmm. right? I got to have on the best this to I got to do this to get that because that's what that's what they did. That's that's what they looking like. Okay, okay, okay. But behind closed doors, right? How is it? Um, uh, I've seen images before where you have that that happy smiling couple, right? But when you turn the camera around, right, that one partner is really bending that other partner's arm back there. Right. And it is this thing of what we what we present to the world is so different with the the battles that we're dealing with. Right. It's kind of that that grass is greener. Right. Mm-hmm. But it really ain't. <laughs> so yeah. I think of so when I think of I'll just keep this all in one. When I think of, um, you know, my earlier years, of, you see me on Facebook. I'm partying, I'm kicking it. This is what we do. We live in our best life. And behind closed doors, I was a mess. I was a struggling mess, right? So there's sometimes this assumption of, and I've heard it too, man, Keisha, I brought you on. We like you were good back there. Like you look like like I was trying to be like you. No, baby, don't uh-uh. That wasn't it. Right. <laughs> the pain, the fear behind that you just didn't see right right? and so we do such a good job at capturing in the moment that split second that three seconds of of pretend joy and happiness behind a camera and then we take that picture and we go right back right into into where we were 
And for me, that, oh my gosh, I, I try to tell people, don't ever, don't ever try to be like anybody else. Some, somebody famous out here, don't try to be like them. They're dealing with their own pain. They're dealing with all these other, other things. You don't, money don't, money don't buy happiness. <laughs> we know that, right? right? But the goal is not to, don't use social media. Don't use this whole facade of, uh, take that and turn it into, that's what I got to do. Because we are, we are on our own paths and our paths can look nothing like the other. Uh, so I kind of like just coupled all that in there. So yeah. we're just going to go with the one. Um, and so, yes, that is my Instagram versus reality. Y'all better stay on your own path. <laughs> Stop worrying about them folks that, that look like they passing you up. Because they, the, they got their own struggles that you just don't even see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dropping bars, dropping bars. <laughs> Y'all are bomb. Y'all are bomb. Y'all are just out here killing it. And, <laughs> and I know this is like taking it way back, but had to bring it back. We briefly mentioned that we first met you in Dub H, right? At Iowa State, the hip hop club. Yep. And I don't even remember if maybe, I don't know if you remember this, but I remember like one of the first Dub H uh, shows, like the showcases at the end um, of the semester my grandma was like, who is that girl? And granted, like now she's like 82, but who's that girl? I was like, Keisha. She's like, I love her. She is just exemplifying, right. Exemplifying all the joy, but I'm pretty sure she grabbed you at one point. I'm pretty sure like grabbed your palms and we're like, you are so amazing. I just love, I couldn't take my eyes off of you. That so, was your, that was her? Yeah. <laughs> did you like, did you not introduce us like before this happened? Probably not. Cause my okay, grandma just like to talk like, to everybody. I, I remember that, I remember that like to a T, but I didn't know that. I didn't, I mean, you didn't introduce us. Where were you at? Oh no. <laughs> that was your Yes, that that is exactly what your You're grandma like, who did. Is this old lady? Like, and they don't even matter to me, right? Like, it, I, I love yeah. that so much. Taking it way back, bringing it back, a, right? A uh, joy. I and and can I just say, I love what y'all are doing. I listen to y'all's podcasts. I do. I'm the you, you know <laughs> creeper in the back. So much. Hey, what are they still coming out? So, oh, but you that know, makes me so love, happy. <laughs> I, I love, even though, you know, I, sometimes it's, it seems I am, you know, tend to be really busy, but I always also try to make time to support, you know, my friends, uh, you know, other folks that I know, grew up with, things like that. Um, but y'all are out here killing it. Like, I I am so happy for y'all that that you decided to do this. You sound so good. Like, you, you said... <laughs> Like your voices sound really great. Now I'm probably n- not gonna play this back because you know we we don't like our own voices. Mm. And the doctors lied to me and said I would not sound nasally when my tonsils came out, and they lied. And so back in 2014. But anyways, <laughs> late time to get your tonsils. <laughs> You were going through a lot back then. <laughs> I love that so much. Real quick, anybody get their tonsils taken out as an adult, I'm warning y'all right now, you're going to be sitting up on your couch sleeping for two weeks oh, man. because of the pressure of laying on your back 
from them and you're going to feel them scabs fall in the back of your throat and it's going to feel real nasty because you can't control it. Look, I'm going to keep it real. I want y'all to be prepared real. for these <laughs> yeah. tonsillectomies, okay? <laughs> they are no joke and they said it's one of the worst procedures uh, doctors put their older patients through, their wow. adult patients through as a tonsillectomy because kids bounce back and go right back to school yeah, like, two days six. later. <laughs> wow. I, I was out of work for two weeks. Taken out, I don't think. <laughs> you don't okay. think? I think they're, it's they're in there. Yeah, they're in there. Remember, she was a Girl Scout. Keisha. Oh, they're in there. Right. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, that's true. They're in there. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> like I said at different times, I remember everything or I remember nothing. So, like, <laughs> so. Uh, this is so fun. It is. Like, I love. This is what I mean too about like, I just love having fun. I feel like everything I do, like if you were to have sent me questions ahead of time, I wouldn't have even looked at them because <laughs> it's sometimes it's like, what's the fun mm-hmm. in knowing what you got to ask sometimes too, right? Yes. I, pro- I wouldn't have even read them. <laughs> I was like, okay guys, whatever. <laughs> Uh, but we will graciously take your compliments. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And we thank you so much for taking some time out. Hopefully it wasn't over your nap time. <laughs> yeah. no, y'all good. I'm about to sleep real good. Yes. <laughs> also, where should people follow you? Like, I mean, you have yes. these businesses, you have like so many social media things. Like how should people follow you? Like wh- learn yes. more about you, get a hold of you. Facebook and Instagram just decided to let me start posting again for my business pages after like two weeks. So <laughs> here we, yes, here we are uh, at Ward Creative Studios. Um, that's where you can find me on Facebook and Instagram. And it's also just wardcreativestudios.com. Um, and then Vegan Knees, the body part, y'all. Um, <laughs> at Vegan Knees for Facebook and Instagram. There's also YouTube, uh, I cook a little bit for y'all on YouTube. Just, just, just a little bit. I'm, I'm getting back to YouTube. I'm finding the time for videos again. Um, and then of course, veganese.com. Uh, and I love y'all. Don't even try to, don't even try to follow my personal Instagram because baby I ain't posted in a year. So just go ahead and hit me up on my business pages. That's why I prefer y'all to come anyways. Cause if I don't know you, I can't accept the request. Right. Okay. She does so just really, go to the big. <laughs> she does some really fun like Facebook lives. Yeah. Like, you know, it's got some TikToks out there. You know what she's Yes. <laughs> I am on. T- okay. So you can follow me on TikTok. I'm <laughs> at Kworm. Like the bug. Okay. Yes. I am still Kworm, even though I'm married. Yeah. Um, or um, at Veganese, but you'll primarily see me over at Kworm. Mm-hmm. Pulling out those dance moves. Like, you I know. try, you know what I'm saying? I can't do too much with the D's. Yeah. You, know, you gotta be careful. Don't want another surgery. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, Keisha, we're so happy that you came on our podcast. And thanks for praising us and giving us so much knowledge and hopefully our listeners take a lot away from this because we're super excited to have you on and this is great thank you both okay now we got to set up time to talk just to be talking so so we can laugh some more (laughs) thank you 100 thank you so much we love you and love y'all bye bye
Oh, oh, oh.